0: Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's a moral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of no business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is
1: a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother. And I love you, but don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again.
0: What I think I meant to say was... Just when I thought I was out,
1: they pull me back in. I'm here to give you show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? ready? Ready. Set. Set. One, two, three, go!
0: Welcome back to NFL season and the Arone Sports Podcast. It is currently Thursday. I'm going to do a little delay here on Thursday. September twelfth, two thousand nineteen. So week two of the NFL for the 2019-2020 season. Pretty excited. We didn't uh didn't have one last week for week one. We figured, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of strong opinions, just gonna kinda let the games play out and then uh have a week two pod here to do a little reaction. But it's good to be back. Uh we were planning on doing it last night on Wednesday, but Rob was uh had some uh travel issues there in Vegas, so Fear we push it back and we're going to miss this, uh, slobber knocker of a Bucks Panthers game to break down, but I don't think we had uh, too much going there anyway. So let's do the, uh, Sunday and Monday games. But anyway, let's head out to Vegas and check in with the second member of the podcast. How you doing there, Crobber?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Pretty, uh, busy here. So just trying to keep everything together and everything in line. But yeah, like you said, we're going to originally be doing it Wednesday, but had to step back a day here for the first, uh, first week uh, that we're going to be starting, second week of NFL season. So excited to get into it a lot going on busy time of the year between sports and everything else going on a lot going on personally business uh and everything else yeah it's a crazy time right now so try to got to fit it all in but hopefully we can uh, get some winners here uh start on the first podcast of the season
0: yeah absolutely and then going forward we're gonna get them out every wednesday night we should uh, be good all the way up through up to the super bowl so Barring any unforeseen setbacks, that'll be the plan here. I'll, uh, record Wednesday night and then Rob will get them out either late Wednesday night or early Thursday morning.
1: Yeah. Going you, forward. You mentioned about this Thursday night game. I mean, you might not have an opinion, but me myself, I was, uh, ready to unload the whole wad on, uh, Tampa Bay with the points here up to, up 10 to 6 here at, going into half. But, uh, <laughs> what are you gonna do, I guess?
0: Yeah, I man, I, I had a 10 unit play myself already released for the Bucks money line first half, so that cash, that was nice. Good way to start the year.
1: Just had a just had a hunch on. Huh? Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So anyway, all right. Well, we're not going to do a, a weekly recap. I think we're going to keep the same format of the podcast. But since we didn't have a any bets or a pod for last week, we'll skip the recap and we'll go straight to getting the best of the number.
1: Getting the best of the number.
0: All right. So there's a couple games last week where the number came into play. You want
1: to throw those out there, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. Um. Like you said, we did, uh, didn't have a podcast last week, but definitely watching the games, had the setup going downstairs and, uh, had them all on, we were able to watch, uh, the way they set it up, had able to watch all seven early games and had the late games on as well, but, Yeah, um,
0: just to, not to interrupt you, but, uh, the, how they had it last week was just optimal. I know we talked about this basically every year, how a lot of weeks are like this week coming up where you got ten early games and three late games and it just sucks, whereas last week we had the seven early, so we had all of them on the TVs and then, five late which is just pretty great and I don't understand why they don't do that more often but anyway
1: yeah but uh, so yeah pretty uh stellar lineup there for the first uh, set set of games for first week but had some good games this point I was on personally myself the uh, Rams Carolina in, in terms of getting the best of the number that game there opened earlier in the summer uh Rams minus three closed two and a half pretty much across the board in that, uh, in that in that case or maybe even a little bit less but uh, definitely under three. That game landed 30-27 to 27 in favor of the Rams right on three. Uh, me, myself, I had some Carolina three in my pocket, so yeah, and pretty good there.
0: Of, I had a little Rams one, minus one and a half because it was bouncing around anywhere from one and a half to three all week. So it's a perfect example right there where you push and I won on betting the opposite sides of the same game.
1: Yeah, and, and I know some naysayers or you know some might come in, a uh, wise guy might come in and say, uh, not in terms of betting, but uh, some of the are pretty smart, come in and say, uh you know, the the way it landed on three was kind of, you know, in a lucky fashion, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how it got there. It just, it's, it's going to get there, uh, eventually, uh, with, with all these games and then the different numbers moving around. So we, we, we hammer on home every week, uh, during the football season about how important getting the best of the number is. And that's a perfect example there in that game. Then the next game is, uh, Indianapolis and the Chargers. That one opened three and a half, I think earlier, but kind of just slowly, slowly trickled up was from what I, what I was seeing all, all summer long up to kickoff and, got up to around close it was five and a half six you get uh there's a few five and a half available but the prevailing number at close was uh the charges minus six and that game landed 30 to 24 right on six so another perfect example i think it's a little bit harder for week one because a lot more uh, you know movement and a lot more time elapsed so i think it's more pre- prevalent moving along in the season we only have about a week from when the number moves from when it opens and until it closes is uh but at the same time it's still uh you know definitely very very valid still still point.
0: And that wasn't just totally the markets like the Rams-Panthers game that you mentioned. That was a lot to do with the luck injury. But that game was all over the place with, right when the luck injury happened, I think it was all the way up to like eight, to eight and a half, I think at one point. And then there was some buyback on, on Indy that brought it back down and we're ultimately settled at. But even, um, during the week last week, I, I took a little bit of plus seven just cause I thought for set's at least somewhat capable and that just seemed like a lot of points. And then I know I saw somebody on, uh, Twitter posting a big ticket. They laid five and a half with the Chargers and they won. So a couple prime examples here to, uh, start off the season with where the number really came into play. So yeah, I think,
1: but I think too, I think the injuries, I think it makes a little bit different. We'll get into a, a game or two here with injuries and, you know, backup quarterbacks definitely play a role. I think that's a little bit more, you know, from a better perspective, you can't really predict that and can't hold you as accountable. But some of these numbers that are just moving off of sheer market and, and sheer betting numbers and moving you know, between two and a half, three, those type of key numbers or whatever, maybe those are the ones you really got to hone in on and make sure you get the best of it before, before kickoff for sure. I agree. The one
0: uh like little quabble I'd have with that would be um like, if you think a lot of times when somebody gets announced out, the the market tends a lot of times to overreact and move it more than you think it should. So I think it very rarely happens where you get some information unless you get away ahead of time, and then you follow the side with the injury. Like, you know, like in that case, if you bet the Chargers because luck's going to be out, very rarely does it seem like you're getting a discount or getting a great number on Usually it. Usually it pays to fade the, uh, you know, the, the market kind of going a little crazy sometimes and bet the opposite team once the money kind of stops coming on the one side. So I think in a way you can kind of get value um fading that. Yeah, market I,
1: I guess – I guess I was kind of misspoke. I guess I'm talking about if we're not, we're, you know, we don't really do it much in this segment, but if it's something where a deal was uh, where the, court is supposed to be playing and opens up this number and they get ruled out and it moves high points and, yeah, but yeah, exactly yeah. what you're, what you're saying, uh, yeah, exactly if it's an overreaction, that, that would be something we're getting the number if it's, if it's not getting moved because of the injury a uh, drastic amount or whatever. Yeah. And that was a case
0: where then the market moved downwards. Uh, once
1: After over adjusting. adjusting.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's a absolutely. case where you could get the best of the number just on that little subset of the whole move. But anyway, that's enough of that segment for this week. I'm sure we'll be banging that home, uh, all year long. But anyway, let's, let's jump into, uh, week two here and get going and get, uh, break it down game by game here. So this first game, uh, skipping this Thursday night affair, uh, first game on Sunday we got is Indianapolis at Tennessee. We got an AFC South showdown. Looks like Tennessee is a three point favorite at home, a little extra juice at most places, and a total of 44.
1: Yeah, and, uh, what I'll do here, just like I do every podcast I've done for the last several years, or since we pretty much started several years ago, but I'll get my number, my Power A number of what I just have, my sheer sure ratings of these two teams and adjustments I made since the last week, and, and then just, just what it comes out to on paper. That's the Power A number. Next one I'll give is a look ahead line from the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas, which is the the line that they give the week before, uh, looking ahead to the next week's game uh, without knowing the, the, the result from this Sunday, last Sunday. Then I'll also give the opener that they come out and release, usually Sunday afternoon-ish, between, uh, usually between halftime or so of the afternoon games, or sometimes after the afternoon games, somewhere in there, depending on the opener. But we're going to use the Westgate again, and then as also, as well as the total of the, the total, uh, total points for the game is, uh, from the Westgate. So, good barometer of where the open and where the number's going and where it's, uh, where we think it might go from there. So, um, yeah, this game in Indian, Indianapolis, Tennessee, my power rating here is Tennessee minus three and a half. Look at line from the Westgate, Tennessee minus two and a half, and the opener, Tennessee minus three, the total here open 44. So, um, this game here, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, I thought it'd be closer to my power rating number. The fact that, uh, well, I guess it is now, but the word open, I'm kind of surprised, I guess, what I should say I misspoke there, but looks like, yes, yeah, a little bit of Tennessee money coming in, like, uh, kind of alluded to. I'm, uh, I'm kind of on the board, I'm bored with that. I feel like the Andy's performance, they might be, they, they hung with them pretty good last week. I think, uh, I think it might be something where there might be a little more of a rough spot here. And I think Tennessee's the type of team where they're kind of a, a hammer home team, uh, kind of stick to the, the basics and don't look too flashy when you watch them, but. I think they're, you know, pretty pretty sneaky team. I'm not a huge fan of Mariota, but he's he didn't make a whole lot of mistakes last week. But something where you know, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm, I think he's kind of just an average quarterback and doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. But uh, in, in terms of for the most part. But yeah, I think for the all in all, it doesn't seem like I have a whole lot here. Especially after the Tennessee's kind of getting the extra hook there, it seems like uh, the number should be right where I think it should be.
0: Yeah, I I don't feel real strong about this one, but I I kind of like. Indy a little bit. I just think uh, like person for person on the roster, Indy's just got a much more talented roster. And a lot of people are knocking Brissette because his record as a starting quarterback isn't all that spectacular, and he's not as good as Andrew Luck by any means. But I think when he played a couple years ago for him, it was on a completely tanking roster that just didn't have didn't have a lot of, you know, it was just devoid of a lot of talent and had an awful line, where I think he's got a lot better pieces around him now. And I, I saw quotes from T.Y. Hilton saying, you know, he just loves Brissett. They're going to play hard for him and he's just, he's plenty talented to, to, to lead the ship. And I think as opposed to a couple teams where it seems like everybody's kind of out on the team, the fact that everybody seems to be buying in and um, really kind of rallying around Brissett, I think that's uh, kind of a buy sign for me. And then I do like Reich a lot as a coach. I, he's, you know, he's been criticized for being overly aggressive at times, but that's the kind of coach I'd really much rather have uh, backing him in a game. And then on the flip side, I even though Tennessee looked fairly impressive against Cleveland and blew him out last week, I think that was way more of a referendum on Cleveland than it was uh, super impressive by Tennessee. So I thought it was a pretty fluky game, and they had the couple Derrick Henry long screen plays and a bunch of, like, well, I don't know how many turnovers by Mayfield, but it was a ton. By the Browns, there they were just sloppy and they had 180 penalty yards, or whatever it was, and I think that was much more about Cleveland than Tennessee. So I'm really not going to upgrade them much at all. Whereas the Chargers are kind of banged up, and that was why I liked Indy a little bit in the game last week. But I also thought the Chargers played a pretty solid game, and Indy stuck right with them. And whether they scored a touchdown later, not to tie it up, I thought was kind of irrelevant. They were just kind of hanging around the most part anyway. So I definitely hanging around. Yeah. No Teddy KGP. But I th- I think I gotta give uh I think Indy's a pretty decent team and I just don't think Tennessee if I think if Tennessee would have got blown out by Cleveland last week, I think this number would have been shifted quite a bit towards Indy. So I don't think that result was kind of fo- phony last week, so I'm not gonna really let that change my opinion of what I had coming into the year. So I like Indy a decent amount here. Whether I'm actually gonna release it as a player or not, I'm not sure yet, but we'll see where the number goes this week. Next game is the aforementioned LA Chargers heading to Detroit Lions after a nice little collapse by them late in Arizona last week. Uh, looks like the Chargers are laying two and a half here on the road with a total of 47 and a half.
1: Yeah, my power in here, uh, Chargers minus two and a half. Look at line Chargers two and a half. Westgate open. Chargers minus three and like, uh, like, and the total as well on this one, 47 and That's what the opener was. Um, like you mentioned, yeah, two and a half pretty much across the board. Looks like uh that's kind of where the number came in at uh for the most part i don't know with me for this one pretty simple uh not a big fan of detroit but i'm not super high on the charges either i think they're gonna be taking a step back this year i, I, I don't really like a whole lot what i saw from last week i think you know, rivers being a little bit older and, and and the whole team obviously the running back uh was was fine the coming in in spite of uh gordon holding out there but I don't know if that can necessarily continue. I mean, I, I think that that'll be fine in that aspect, but I guess I, like I, I don't think, uh, and the, the Chargers defense too is a little bit of a suspect, I, which I thought there should be a top, top tier uh, defense in the league. So I think that'd be the bigger issue I'd have to look at. Uh, and with Detroit, obviously they have their issues pretty much dominating first, uh, first half into the third quarter and then, uh, basically just falling back on their, uh, falling on their back there against Arizona and almost losing that game outright. But, uh, I think this is the spot here coming home. You have to look at Detroit or pass, uh, and just all in one. Just look at the simple fact that the Chargers won their game, Detroit lost their game, and uh, getting points back at home is just a good spot, uh, situation-wise for Detroit. So to me, if, uh, if you can get a three, I'd, I think it's worth a, worth a look, but, uh, anything less than three, at uh, two and a half where it is now, I just, I just, I just can't talk myself into it. And even at three, it'd be, you know, it be a little bit tough of a bet, but I feel like value wise you need to have to look at Detroit, if anything.
0: Yeah, I, I, disagree I I, I like the Chargers a decent amount the only thing that does scare me is I do agree that the defense didn't look spectacular last week and I I think that has quite a bit to do with all the injuries they have uh, because they definitely do have quite a bit of injuries now Hunter Henry I think I got announced today or yesterday that he's going to be out for a a few weeks too so I think that is a potential the Chargers do have potential for that kind of like lost season vibe where everything just kind of goes wrong for them and it's a what could have been type deal. There's definitely potential for him, but I, I don't know. I thought, I thought indie game a pretty good effort. I think in a way these are kind of correlated. Like your, your feelings towards that indie Chargers game last week is definitely coloring my viewpoints on both of these games a little bit this week. So if I was wrong about one of them, I very well could be wrong about both of them or vice versa. So, um, I thought it was a pretty impressive win by the Chargers. And the thing I like about the Chargers is I agree with you. Uh, about the, it's, you don't feel great about taking a 1-0 team on the road against an 0-1 team coming home. But I just, I don't really think Detroit's that good. So even if they do have a decent effort, I just don't like their coaching staff. I don't really like their talent on their roster. And I just don't know. And then after playing an extra quarter of football, I know it's only week one, but um yeah, know, there's a chance they might just be a little bit shell-shocked and tired after that effort. I think it's possible. And then the Chargers, meanwhile, they're a team I like betting on the road because they have such a negligible home field advantage that they're a team I really don't like betting at home and I like betting on the road because they're pretty much factored as if, like any other team, as far as home field advantages go. And so I think you're kind of, you get extra points, um, when they're on the road because they never really play with a home field advantage. And then conversely, you're kind of giving up points when you back, back them at home because they don't really have one. So. Uh, I think the number, definitely just on the surface, it looks like the sharp side is Detroit and the square side is the Chargers. But I just think there's such a better team. And when you're talking about less than a field goal, I, uh, I like the Chargers a decent amount. But if it did get to three, uh, there's no way I'd ever, I don't think I could lay three with the Chargers on the road. So at the current number though, that's, that's the way I would lean. And uh, I think, well, I think we'll find out a lot about both these teams. So I'm kind of interested to watch this one and uh, gain some information going forward. Next game, uh, similar prices here. We got uh, Buffalo land one and a half on the road at the New York Giants with a total of 43 and a half, 44.
1: My power in here, uh, Buffalo minus two and a half. Lookhead line was Giants minus one and a half. Westgate opened Buffalo two and a half, and the total here opened 43 and a half. Yeah, to me, this is pretty similar handicap, I think, to the last game. I mean, I think Buffalo's win was pretty impressive. Uh, I know you probably touched on it with the turnovers. Uh, you can touch on a little more, but being – I don't know, minus three or four, whatever they were, and still end up winning that outright against the Jets last week was pretty impressive. I mean, I don't know what this number is, but 80, 90%, something like that. When you have that many turnovers in a game, it's just pretty unheard of to w- to win the game outright. It's just so, so hard to win in the NFL when you have turnovers like that. So, whether that's a positive for Buffalo or a negative for the Jets, uh, I think I would lean towards the lather, but it, uh, either way, I think, you know, Buffalo, I think they got some, they can potentially be, you know, hang with some teams and stuff, but I feel like in a, a step down uh and lower in class kind of like last week kind of like this week here the giants i feel like i, I don't know that doesn't seem like they should be a type of team to be laying uh, many points at all on the road almost anybody uh and, and i get it that's a lower tier team against the giants i'm not high on the giants at all i think they're a pretty bad team but at the same time i mean you just look at the value look at the look headline giants uh laying a little bit of one and a half chalk at home and now buffalo's laying two and a half on the road so i mean just straight line value and uh, you know value wise, you got to look at the Giants side. So that's where you start. And again, I think it's kind of like the the game before. Uh, I don't really like the Giants that much, just like Detroit. But I feel like that's the way you got to look. And uh, again, I don't know if uh, this one will get to three. Like I think Detroit to three, but um I, I think uh, the Giants are worth a, a small look if anything. But another one you kind of don't want to watch the game, just kind of wait for the end result. But hopefully uh, Eli can keep him in the game. But it's just uh, yeah, it's tough to watch and, and not the easiest of, of the best to make.
0: Yeah. Um... I hear what you're saying. Definitely, if you're betting money line either way, the, the move is pretty crucial. But if you're talking about point spread-wise, you know, moving from minus two to plus two, obviously it it matters, but it's really not not a super crucial move. You're not going through any key numbers there. So if the field goal game either way, it, it doesn't come into play. And I know that's not the perfect way to look at it by any means because if you bet the money line both ways, you could have, you know, scalped it and made a little bit of a profit on it. But, um, I think, you know, in a way, the, these are both teams that I had money on last week, and I thought the Giants, even though Eli didn't look terrible, which is kind of surprising against Dallas, where if you had told me I would have got that performance out of Eli, I would have uh, happily taken it and expected a cover against the Cowboys, and they just got the doors blown off. And it was either the, the Cowboys have the best offense in the history of the league or the Giants really have to reevaluate what they're doing, especially in the secondary, because I don't know how many times Mari Cooper was running just with no, like, they, he would catch the ball and there wouldn't be a giant on the television screen. And it was uh, pretty alarming and pretty frustrating as somebody that was hoping they were going to be able to keep it close. And conversely, Buffalo was moving the ball up and down the field all day on the Jets, and they just kept turning it over. Uh, and now Allen threw two two interceptions, one of which definitely wasn't his fault, where it went off the receiver's hands and it was a pick six. And then he had a couple fumbles, which, you know, maybe that's a uh, a component of what he's going to be doing all year. but. I'm gonna to try to chalk that up to a little bit of randomness here early and hopefully he doesn't turn the ball over four times every game. Cause if he doesn't, uh, they're moving the ball really effectively on offense and their Buffalo's defense looks really sound. So in a game where you're basically picking the winner, uh, I know it's, you know, it's the home field, but if the Giants come out and look like they did against Dallas last week, I wouldn't be surprised if the fans turn on him pretty early and turn on Eli in particular if he has one, one or two bad throws. And uh Buffalo played at the Jets last week, so that's not you know, they're gonna be playing the same stadium again, so as far as road trips go, that's really not too bad of a road trip at all, so like I said, in a situation where it's pretty much picked the winner, uh I'll go with the better team and I think the better coach and the better defense and in my opinion the better quarterback, so that's uh that's the way I'm gonna look here. But I do hear you saying, I think if anything, the Giants would be the quote unquote sharp side and the Buffalo would be the square side. Uh, but just, I've been watching the way those two games played out last week, uh, backing both of those teams. Uh, just way more inclined to bet Buffalo on the spot. Next game, uh, Arizona at Baltimore. Looks like Baltimore's laying 13, 13 and a half here at home with a total of 46 and
1: a half. Yeah, my power in here, uh, Baltimore minus 13. Look line, Baltimore minus 9.5 from the Westgate open. Baltimore 13.5. and a half, the total here open 45 and a half. Uh, yeah, a little bit upwards moving on that total. Seems like a lot of that has to do with uh probably Lamar Jackson. He looked pretty lights out, and Lamar Jackson, I think he's kind of similar to me uh, of I I don't know. I'm not really too high on him. I guess is kind of like a Trubisky. I'm just. I think their throwing is not that good, but I've, I've I have a little bit more hope I think or faith for Jackson. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's a little bit wonky or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But you know, he he looked pretty impressive last week, but. I feel like that's kind of getting touted here a whole week long about how great he played. And I think that definitely got to take a you know, step back and double, you know, look what you're doing. I mean, it's one week of data, uh, one, one game and it's a long season. And I just, I just don't, I, I mean, we've seen him play last year too for most of the year and interest just the deal to me where, you know, you know, push the brakes a little bit here because I, I think we'll, we'll see because it's, it's wasn't playing a great team, and all that. And it's just like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. And I, I think this will be. Not the time, I think we talked about this last week on Sunday when we were watching the games, but I don't know if this will necessarily be the, the roadblock, the hit or the bust that they run into, but I, we definitely will be looking at fading Baltimore here, and I, I don't think I can quite get there. Uh, I'm obviously not going to be laying this many points with Baltimore. I just don't think they're a team uh, that that should be laying this many points. But, uh, yeah, Arizona might be tough to get to the window. That's really what what you going be betting on the way that they played the last quarter there? Against Detroit or the way they played the first three quarters where they were asleep at the wheel. I think that's uh, the biggest question you have to ask. And I think I would lean towards that they're going to have a little bit more going and be able to put something in the game, more so and keep this in the, in the points right range. But at the same time, I don't know if I'll be able to get to the window at all. So to me, this game's a pretty easy pass. I think uh, out of all the games we talked about so far.
0: Yeah. I, uh, pretty much agree with most of what you said there. I, I got a, took a small bit of Arizona earlier in the week at 13.5 because I just don't. I I don't really believe in Baltimore and, uh, when they go out and look as impressive and as they did last week and win by 40 or whatever they did against Miami, it just, they seem like a team that's going to be overconfident and come back and be a little too fat and sassy. So Arizona, like conversely, when I made the the case that Detroit maybe be, you know, a tiny bit tired and shell shocked from the thing last week, I think if anything, Arizona is going to be kind of enthusiastic about the way they came back and Kyler Murray, who looked pretty pitiful for three quarters there actually felt you know like he uh you know maybe feels like he belongs a little bit more. And so for all those reasons I just think I don't think Baltimore should be laying this many points to anybody that's even remotely capable. So I think it's worthy of a little a little taste on the Arizona side. But I do agree with you that this isn't the spot to shove all in or, you know, go heavy against Baltimore and make it a full play or anything like that. Uh, I'm definitely waiting to bet against Baltimore and um I I don't think they're terrible because I do like Harbaugh quite a bit, but I just don't think this is quite the spot yet. So, and then I also heard I don't remember exactly what the stat was, but I know Harbaugh's been phenomenal against rookie quarterbacks at home. So it's a little a little scary because I think Kyler's definitely a wild card in that you could get, get the first three quarters Kyler and even catching thirteen and a half, your bet might be fairly dead early on. Or if you get the fourth quarter, you might you know they could potentially win the game outright. So in that situation, it's a little. uh a little tough to get your money down either way, so I agree. I think for the most part, it's mostly a pass. Next game. Speaking of that, we got uh, New England heading down to Miami. Maybe the most impressive team last week versus the least impressive. Uh, looks like New England's laying 18 and a half, 19, with a total of 48 and a half.
1: Yeah, my power in here. Uh, this one I think is pretty interesting. So I think it'd be. Uh, I don't have a whole lot for the handicap of the of the game itself. I think just the line movement on this game is. Something you definitely need to pay attention to and something to proud of, especially for uh people that aren't super sophisticated with sports betting and, and looking at the markets. But I think something to pay attention to here. So the power rating here for me is New England minus 17. But look at the line on this game, New England minus 11. And then the game opened before the Sunday night game, New England minus 14.5. So essentially three and a half points from Miami's performance downgrade. And then after the next morning, after the Sunday night game, New England reopened at 16 and a half. So two point adjustment after the Sunday night performance. So I think it's kind of cool. How you can, and, and definitely very helps, uh, you know, get better at betting and everything else is to be able to move, see the way the market moves and to understand everything is a perfect example there of how, you know, like I said, moves three and a half from the uh, look at line to the opener. And then after the Sunday night game, uh, two more points from New England's performance. So I think it's pretty, pretty important to understand that and realize that. Uh, the Westgate total will open 47 and a half. Throw that in there. So yeah, this game here, um, I've already bet on this game actually, both side and total. Uh, currently in my pocket, I got Miami and, and the over. Um, me personally, uh, I don't it's pretty simple. I think from a handicap perspective, it's, it's Miami going it, to, Have they already give, thrown in the towel and giving up, obviously some bad, uh, bad stuff going on there. I know some, uh, I know, I'm sure you heard that too about people with, uh, the older, Veterans and stuff trying to get out of there already and stuff after week one. I mean, that's, I've heard that from a few different sources or podcasts and stuff. And it's pretty crazy to think about it. after week one. You think out of any season or any sport, you think that the NFL would be the one where you at least be able to stay in for, you know, half the season until you can kind of throw in the towel. But I don't know. So I think they'll be really interesting to see what the, the effort, uh, and everything is of, of, Miami. Cause if they have thrown in the towel, I mean, yeah, then this could get out of control. But I think at the end of the day, you just got to stick to the principle and, and realize, you know, it's an NFL game and you got just, like I said, the principle of this this many points, especially at home, it's just uh obviously a Miami or pass, that goes without saying, but I feel like it's a deal for me I kind of just wait to see what happens and wait before post about this game because you never know, it might trickle up even higher than what it's got to now, even though it's pretty high. So to me, it's kind of wait and see how high it gets and, and take a little piece of Miami, but I don't think I can ever make a huge bet on this. Uh, like I like I said, I already got some money on Miami, but hard to get a whole lot more down on them. Yeah, I was uh... – Thinking
0: about teasing the pass down to 12 and a half is going to be my play.
1: There you go. <laughs> just shove all in with that. Yeah.
0: Um, no, yeah, I, I hear you. It's definitely in this situation. It's Miami or pass. And I thought, uh, last week I didn't, I just picked Miami and like some different pools that I did last week and figured seven and a half seemed like a lot with the heat down in Miami and survivor pool or? No, not a survivor pool, thankfully, <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, so. But I just couldn't believe how little effort and I just thought, you know, Fitzpatrick, we've seen him on really bad teams, slinging it all over the yard and throwing interceptions, but also throwing touchdowns and having wild games. I know like for the Bucks was I think it was last year, wasn't it, when they when Fitzpatrick was starting for them early and they beat the Saints and and then they uh yeah, I think they won they, that run, yeah. Yeah, and they went on a run yeah. and he was fairly impressive and everybody was talking about, you know, do you even bring Winston back in or just roll a Fitzpatrick and how can you bench him when he's been winning and stuff and I guess hoping he's going to get some similar vibes with that Miami team, but that clearly wasn't the case. And that was almost like the Giants. There were so many times where they'd cut to Baltimore scoring a touchdown and you'd be like, Oh, is that a replay? I'm like, No, that's another one. And it'd just be a screen with only the Baltimore receiver and there wouldn't be a Miami guy anywhere in sight. So I don't know if it's just a total lack of talent or if they are just all mentally checked out this early on, but I just for that reason, I mean, the number here just you don't see this in the nfl too often so you're the back of your head it just screams bet miami bet miami but i just honestly don't think i can do it because i i think no matter how much quote-unquote value you're getting kind of like with the, the browns a couple of years ago when i don't know i was guilty of this and a lot of the you know quote-unquote sharps were all over the browns week after week because that there was value on their number and they just kept getting absolutely drilled by everybody and hardly covering any numbers um I don't want to do the same thing with this Miami team. So if I miss a better two throughout the course of the season, so be it. But I don't want to keep putting my hand in the cookie jar and getting slapped week after week with a team that's just not trying. So for me, I'm going to stay away from this one and i uh, be curious to see if they show any fight this week or not. Uh Next game we have is Dallas heading to Washington, little NFC East showdown. Looks like the Cowboys are uh 6-point road favorites with a total of 46.5.
1: Yeah, my power in here, Dallas minus five and a half. Look headline, Dallas four and a half. Westgate opened Dallas seven before coming down pretty quickly there after a few small bets. And then the Westgate total here opened 45. Um, yeah, already here I got money on Washington, uh, at at a six is what I think that, uh, I don't don't know how, yeah, I think you got to get at least a six here to make it worth it, but I don't, me personally, I don't, I don't, it's just hard for me to get to the window. Like I said, I think Dallas overperformed last week. Like you said, I think it was, uh, you know, the way they played, it's, uh, you know, hard to keep that going, especially if they're playing a pretty weak defense like we expect. So not that Washington's defense is any great at all. I think they're actually pretty, definitely we're pretty good w- below average, but uh, the offense I think will be something to watch. But at the end of the day, it just seems to me like, you know, this is, you're not getting, you're getting no value on Dallas. I, I, I they're a team where. I, the last, there are a team, there's some teams that are higher, higher up in class that I wouldn't mind backing if you're getting, you know, paying a little bit of a premium for, it. but Dallas is definitely one of those teams that are at the top half of the league that I don't want to pay a premium for. Cause once they get in the spotlight, you got Garrett with a bad coach and all that stuff. It just kind of adds up. Not a huge fan of Dak. I think he played pretty well last week. Obviously almost near perfect pass rating or perfect passer rating, but I just, like I said, when you play a bad defense, it's, uh, we'll see what happens, uh, when you gets something a little bit higher caliber defense, but. At the end of the day, I just don't think they can repeat that performance necessarily, but I'm not super high on this Washington team either. So um I, I just can't lay points with Dallas on the road and not a huge fan of taking the points with Washington. So to me unless this number gets out of control, I think it's 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 a pretty easy pass again for me.
0: Yeah, I was listening, I think it was I think it was Cousin Sales podcast and they were talking about how Dallas has to be the favorite to make it a Super Bowl from the NFC or something along oh, those lines. Oh boy. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, yeah, because they beat the, the, you know, they stepped over the Giants who were laying down. It was just an embarrassing effort. So you got to give them some credit. Dak definitely looked good, but I agree
1: with. You're saying that, talk about overreaction week.
0: Yeah. Oh, exactly. But it's like, talk about, uh, I agree with your sentiment that you have a terrible or bad to terrible coach in Garrett. And then you got Dak, who I don't really fully trust, even though he's, yeah, at least decent, but to go and lay nearly a touchdown on the road against a Washington team that I'm not a huge fan of. And I've, I'm an anti keniac that's for sure. I haven't been, I didn't want them to stay with the Vikes and I think they rightfully moved on from them and, um, looked every time I could to bet against them last year in Denver and, uh, not really a huge fan of them either in this situation in Washington, but I just think, you know, they were frisky last week and, Jumped out early on the Eagles, which I think maybe is going to be a little bit, uh, because the Eagles are one of those teams that really didn't do much at all in the preseason, and just kind of rested players and, and didn't really take it too seriously. So they were still probably pretty rusty, and you know maybe just kind of playing their way into the season. So maybe that that 21 nothing lead or 20 zero lead or whatever it was the Washington jumped out to was actually fraudulent, and we're giving them more credit than they deserve. But I think it's kind of a wait and see approach on them to see if they're actually going to be a frisky bad team, if they're just going to be a bad bad team. Uh, at the number though, I definitely would look that way, so I don't have a bet on it yet. But um I probably will. Especially if everyone's so high on Dallas that the number keeps creeping up throughout the week. But even at, even getting six, I think, I think Washington's probably worthy of a, a small bet. I just would never make it a, uh, a bigger play because I just don't fully trust. Uh, I don't really like Keenum or Gruden or really anything about Washington that much, just other than the spot and the number. Alright. Uh next game. Uh you got Jacksonville with that uh Minshew guy here behind center heading down to Houston. Or over to Houston, I suppose. Uh looks like Houston's uh eight and a half point home favor with a total of forty three and a half.
1: Yeah, my pot rating right here, Jacksonville minus nine and a half or sorry. <laughs> Houston minus nine and a half, typo there. <laughs> Uh, I, not say, laying, I need to not adjust lay, those. Yeah, not not laying the road chalk there with the back quarterback, unfortunately. Uh Houston minus 9.5 is my power rating. Look at line, Houston minus 3. Obviously, that's before the the quarterback injury to Foles for Jacksonville. The uh, Westgate open here at Houston minus 9.5. The total here opened 44.5. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of opinion on this game again. I feel like uh, I just don't have a good feel for the Jacksonville quarterback. I don't know him like at all. I'm not a big college football fan. If you know me at all, I don't watch college football or follow it hardly at all. Um. so, tough for me to assess them. I, 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 think if anything, I think some people said, especially some people that I would, uh, fade their opinions for, say that, oh yeah, uh, after they looked pretty good there for whatever it was, half a, half a game or a little more than that, after in back, uh, in back up in the relief of fools. And I don't know, that's just a whole different situation as opposed to preparing all week and doing everything else and then they got some film on you, know, the other team, Houston had some film on them and everything. So I don't really take that, uh, at all. I think if anything, they'd probably, Probably look worse, if anything, I think after getting a first start and having a full game. So I don't, I don't, I definitely don't think that'd be a positive for Jacksonville at all. And then I, I, I just don't know where the locker room's at, but same time with Houston, that was a pretty uh, rough loss for them that they probably thought they kind of had and then deserved after that, the game, uh, there in primetime. But I don't know. I think I'm pretty high in Houston, though, all in all. I think to me, if you're going to bet this game, I think that almost the only way to bet it myself would be to, to teach the Houston team, the Houston side down and especially if uh, you can get an under three. Uh, that'd be the way I'd look uh, if you can get a six or six and a half point teaser and try to find something else on the board. I think there's quite a few games to tease with this week, so that'd be the way, I, way I'd look. I think Houston should definitely be able to win this game by a field goal or more, uh picking our game on the, the board to tease it with. But other than that, I think uh, side sideways I'd pass. And if you do look at the total, I think that'd be something, too. It seems to me like uh, if uh maybe look at the under, if anything, I think might be a lower-scoring game. Like I said, I don't see a whole lot coming from the Jacksonville offense. And I think Houston can um, yeah, they can put up points in bunches, but I think uh, I uh think they maybe look to be under.
0: Yeah, we haven't talked about any of these games uh, much at all, but I totally agree as my uh, advice is going to be at TCU's and down two, especially if you can get them two and a half. I just don't I, – I, I coming into the year, I was actually pretty high on Jacksonville. Good thing we didn't do a pod last week. Or yeah, I
1: absolutely. I hear you tell, there. I've
0: been telling their praises because I thought to win the division after the luck injury um, it was kind of live because I thought they just kind of had a down, bad year, but I thought the defense would be back and Foles would be a pretty – even though I'm not a huge Foles guy, he'd be a big upgrade over uh Bortles. Uh, but thankfully we didn't record that, so there's no uh evidence of that. And then after, even before the Foles injury, though, the thing that just shocked me the most was the, how just inept the Jacksonville defense was. It didn't even look like they were putting in any effort whatsoever. Uh, Between the Miami defense, the Giants defense, and the Jacksonville defense, those three really stood out to me watching all the games that, I guess, you know Pittsburgh maybe, but you can give them a pass play in New England. Um, But those three just really, really stood out to me, and the fact that they just didn't look like they were putting up any resistance whatsoever, and maybe take a little little bit of grain of salt because Jacksonville was playing Kansas City. But at home, um, you know, it's just and a defense as good as they were a couple years ago when they were within a play of making it to the Super Bowl. I thought they were going to return somewhat to that form, but that uh, clearly wasn't the case. And then have you seen what that Minshew guy, the new quarterback, looks like for them? Have you seen a picture of him?
1: He got the stash, or is that somebody else? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he looks. He honestly looks like a 20 handicapper that show up at the member member and couldn't hardly get it off the tee. And he's got, like, a dirty Actually, stash. Actually, I
1: think I saw him there at the Red Rock CC uh, member guest uh, last, uh, what was that, May?
0: Yeah, he, he might have been there, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but they were saying the quarterback for, what was he, the Eastern – I don't know, Washington State or one of those, one of those Washington schools. And they said his bit was he'd wear sunglasses and do like, uh, the stretch bands exercises with his jock strap while he was totally nude with sunglasses on. That was, well, that his, just seems uh, seemed like a
1: normal routine to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. I saw you doing it in your room the other day, but, um, so that's what you're famous for. And then I guess I didn't watch any Jags preseason, surprisingly. But, uh, all the reports from people that did were that he looked pretty awful in the preseason. So, um, I'm glad I heard that because I, he actually looked fairly capable when he came in, but I think it was just a lot of dump downs and they didn't really ask him to do a whole lot. They definitely kind of coddled him, uh, to, to avoid disaster last week. So, uh, I don't really have much interest. I don't think backing Jacksonville going forward and Houston obviously gave a pretty good effort against New Orleans and, uh, could have easily won the game there. My, I think with Houston, they're kind of a team that uh, we talked about this with certain quarterbacks, usually running quarterbacks. Where when they're healthy, I think you got to rate them pretty highly, and their team I'm looking to back. But as far as like season long things, I wouldn't think that highly of them because if Watson keeps taking as many hits as he did, and it wasn't really his fault, but he took a lot of hits against the Saints, and it's just hard to imagine that he's going to be able to stay healthy all year long if if that continues. So. Um, yeah, I don't think I'd lay this kind of number with Houston, but I agree with you. I'd probably tease them down and, uh, look to, to ride them that way this week.
1: I'd also say real quick, just a red flag. I mean, cause like, Kansas City's defense, I mean, Kansas City's a good team. They're one of the top teams in the NFL, but you get, don't be wrong about it at all. I mean, their defense is pretty, pretty god awful. I don't, I don't think anybody could argue that they're, you know, higher than the bottom quartile in the uh, of defenses in the league. If you, if you watch with it, it just kind of seemed like a, you know, leaky gaskets. So, I mean, that's the other thing, too. I think you got to take with a grain of salt. You see, only see such a small sample size uh, from this Jacksonville QB, and then now you're definitely going to take a pretty big step up in class for a Houston defense. It's, uh, you know, pretty solid.
0: Yep, absolutely. Totally agree with that. Uh, next game, we have Seattle heading to Pittsburgh. Looks like Pittsburgh's a uh, four-point or so home favorite with a total of 47.
1: Yeah, my power rating here, uh, Pittsburgh minus four. Look at line, Pittsburgh three and a half. The Westgate open, Pittsburgh four. The total here opened 46 and a half. Um, this one's pretty simple for me. I'm uh, I'm uh pretty in on this game. This is one of my better games of the week. I most likely have a bet released on it before the end of the week. Uh, I definitely like the Pittsburgh side here, laying the points. I was on them last week, uh, external source, on that Sunday night game. I couldn't, couldn't look any worse against the Patriots. Uh, They're just, just completely dead, almost. Uh, I mean, I don't know when you, you were on them, too, I know. But when we were watching that game, I don't know when you knew it was dead. But, I mean, it felt like it was almost you lost your bet uh, the first First quarter, end of the first quarter, or halfway through the second quarter. I mean, it's pretty bad when you have to feel the feeling of feel ripping up your ticket that that quickly. But at the same time, I think that just goes to show you. That I think New England. I think their defense is a lot better this year, especially than they've been in the past. Uh And then, and then obviously that offense. They got a lot of weapons, even not having Gronk anymore. But I think that's a pretty scary team. Uh, I think most people would power rate them the number one team in the league. So, not that it excuses Pittsburgh and that definitely should have shown up, but this seems like a team or a, a game and a spot for Pittsburgh even this early in the season where they lose, look pretty embarrassed on national TV, then they come back and play a, a Seattle team that end up getting the win at home and didn't look that impressive to me at all against Cincinnati even though they did win. So I think this is a pretty good spot here for Pittsburgh and I feel like, uh, I, I, I was hoping to get at flat three. I thought it maybe get, they get downgraded a little bit after that poor performance on prime time. Get, maybe get down to a three, but, uh, obviously not. It didn't look like it got affected a whole lot. It looks like the markets are kind of staying in tune and kind of catching up with everything, which, uh, which I guess is, uh, not good for me, but good for the markets as a whole. But like I said, I still think there's some value here with Pittsburgh line even more than a field goal. Um, I'd, I'd like to get three and I'd have a pretty big bet on it at that point, but I don't think it will get there. I just don't see, uh, Seattle support coming in. So like I said, I think uh, Pittsburgh three and a half, four. if you can get either of those, I think they're a pretty good solid bet here uh, to win win this game uh, pretty handedly.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh Pittsburgh is another team that just looked like they didn't practice at all and just looked sloppy and out of sorts. So hopefully they just needed that and kind of a punch in the mouth against the Patriots, and I think this is a great spot for them to come home and oh, the 0-1 team coming home that has fairly high expectations for the season. And that played the you know the Super Bowl favorite last week, so it's as bad as their performance was. You can kind of try to excuse it or, or look past it and revert a little bit more to preseason expectation versus a Seattle team that struggled mightily at home to the Bengals, who a lot of people thought might be a contender for the number one overall pick. So, uh, and then. That's Seattle. what I gonna,
1: what going What do you think this line would come in at? Seattle just blew, you know, blew the doors off of Cincinnati. I bet you this line would be coming in at three or two and a half. That's why I wish that would have happened almost. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd, uh, anyway.
0: Yeah, I could see that if they would have, yeah, just if they would have looked like New England against Pittsburgh if they would have done that to Cincinnati, it's hard to imagine it would be higher than three. I, I would say probably three, but yeah, the, ideally that would have been awesome. Um, but yeah, as, as it turns out, I just don't. I think Seattle's fine, but I think they're just kind of a middle of the road team. And then traveling cross country for the early start in Pittsburgh, who should be a motivated Pittsburgh team. And I think Tomlin, it just seems like he's not really a great, like, schemer, or he's not going to outthink Belichick type coach. I think as Pete Carroll and Tomlin are kind of similar coaches, I think, where they're kind of the rah, rah, you know, players coach, uh, you know, kind of the old school mentality of just, you know, work harder basically and execute. So I don't think he's going to be out thought necessarily by Carroll. And, uh, when it comes to that, I think, uh, he's, I think he's a pretty good coach for the most part in terms of getting his players motivated and having to bounce back and get a real good effort out of him here this week. So I agree with you. I would, uh, go the Pittsburgh way. Next game is San Francisco heading to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, a one and a half point home favorite with a total of
1: 45.5. Yeah, my power in here, San Francisco, one and a half. Look line, San Francisco, two and a half. Westgate open, San Francisco, minus one and a half. Total here open, 44. Uh Yeah, I already got a bet on here in this game, San Francisco on that side. So that's obviously the way I'd look. Uh Another one, uh, I think, kind of similar to that Giants game. You're getting line value, obviously, already. I mean, like I said, the, the game's already moved through Pickham and and since he's taking money which I'm kind of baffled I think I think maybe if you look at an overreaction like I like you said the last game I mentioned this it is true between three and three is not as much I mean it's still something you got to keep note of uh where the money's coming in at I know it's going to take a lot less money to move it for between these numbers as opposed to like a two or three or off a three but at the same time it's uh, like I said yeah you got to you got to take note of it and the fact that since he's kind of getting some respect after that game against Seattle I think uh, I'm, I'm just not too high on Seattle I think they kind of overperformed last year, and I think people kind of expected, oh, Russell Wilson kind of holding the ship together, but maybe this is kind of the year we'll see Seattle kind of fall out, and that's what I think uh, obviously the bet kind of leads from the last game we talked about, but then I think it kind of even maybe more re- overreacts here for the Cincy team. I just don't think they're that good. Uh, the defense, I think, is really, really bad, and that offense, I think, is going to be, be struggling as well. So, uh, and the San Francisco team, I'm a little bit uh, – I, 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 I'm kind of like uh, like you said, I agreed. Uh, Coming into the season with Jacksonville, pretty high on them. I think kind of the same with San Francisco. I kind of have the same same kind of feeling with them. I think they're a decent team. I um, don't mind the coach, and it's just kind of depend on what kind of play we're going to get from the quarterback. And I'm kind of not really liked what I've seen from Jimmy G. I think Garoppolo's been underperformed uh, for quite a while here at San Francisco and obviously getting injured. But I feel like this might be a type of game when he's playing a lower caliber team where he might have a game here where he looks pretty good and, and, and showing off uh, and you know, have some good stats and, and throw it across the field. and. And, and be able to put up some points here. So I think this might be a potential blowout type of game where San Francisco goes and lo- goes in and looks good again, Uh or not good, not good again, but looks good here on, uh, again on the East Coast. Um, that's another thing to note, too. They didn't travel back West, so it's not a team traveling West uh, to East in an early start, which isn't a good spot to have uh if you're get betting one of these West Coast teams. So I don't know. To me, it seems like uh, you're getting some value on San Francisco. I like the San Francisco side. Uh Hopefully they can get together here, and hopefully Jimmy G can get the offense rolling a little bit, but I feel like this has a a type of blowout material for a type of game. And I think San Francisco should be able to cover this here, especially getting points. So maybe to me, it's either money line, get tease them. I think there's a lot of different things you do with this game, but I think you got to look at the San Francisco side personally.
0: Yeah. I can see teasing San Francisco. Um, I actually, I bet (laughs) one of us is going to have a good week. One was going to have a bad week, but I actually bet Cincinnati and got one and a half right away and just thought that was kind of a misprice. And it wasn't a bet on Cincinnati by any means. I wasn't, um hyped about them after their performance at Seattle last week. Although it's, I think, a little bit encouraging the fact that they weren't, they were at least trying on, like, Miami and,
1: and Didn't the Giants. Your, right. I thought, I thought I saw you have your Dalty jersey on downstairs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but, like, it's more so just a bet against San Francisco, because I was, I was on Tampa last week, and, um, it, I, Tampa just looked just awful, and Winston was handing through two pick sixes. They were just horrendous, that were honestly thrown right to the D-back. And San Francisco still kind of struggled to put that game away. And I wasn't impressed at all. Jimmy G threw a pick-six of his own, and it just didn't seem like they have a whole lot of playmakers again this year. And Jimmy G looked kind of rusty and just not not all that sharp. So I don't know if he's even back from his injury yet, or it's just going to be some growing pains, or they just don't have that much talent there. Um, but I wasn't, I didn't really see the preseason hype on them coming into the year really either as a uh, potential, you know, some people are talking about them as a dark horse to win the NFC West. And I just, I like Shanahan quite a bit as a coach, but it just, when you look at their roster, I just don't really see it. So um, for me, it's more so a bet against San Francisco. And I, I agree with what you're saying, that they stayed um, on the East Coast, so they're not traveling back and forth across the country. But just from uh being away from home that long standpoint, and, um, you know, it's just, I don't think it's gonna be, it's definitely like a favorable situation, I don't think. You could argue is how detrimental it is, but I don't think that's, that's great necessarily either, so. um I think Cincinnati, it is more of a wild card, uh, where they could be an average team, or they could be a bad team, and just kind of played a, a little bit above their heads last week, but for me it's just a straight bet against San Francisco, so. This has been an interesting one to watch though, so, uh, I'll have to wait and see, see who's right on that one. Uh, next, next game is the last of the early games, which for us will definitely be on the featured TV. We got, uh, the Minnesota Vikings heading to Green Bay. Looks like Green Bay is a, uh, three-point home favorite here with a total of forty three and a half, forty four.
1: 44. Uh, yeah, my power right here, Green Bay minus three, uh, kind of three, uh, two, between two and a half and three, but yeah, it came out to three. Look headline, Green Bay three, uh, Westgate open, Green Bay three, even money. And the total here opened 45, and yeah, actually this game has moved, uh, down to, down to, down to two and a half, pretty much across the board, or, you know, some threes with extra juice on, on Minnesota, the, the dog here, so, I think, uh, you can't really get a flat three anymore, I think there's one, uh, one book in, in Vegas, for what I'm seeing, it's all they have, cause, it's kind of annoying for me, I'm doing, going through my numbers, going through my routine, I do all week, and like I said, it's been a hectic week for me, just trying to get everything done, uh, out in Vegas here, and, it's been crazy, but yeah, to me it seemed I was pretty shocked. I thought for sure this number would come in at two and a half. I just thought it was crazy that, uh, Minnesota's getting a full three here as, as good as they looked and everything. I thought for sure the market would respect them, but like I, like I said there, they didn't really change it or move it much off of, uh, the look head line. So to, to basically assume that Green Bay's performance was as impressive as Minnesota's doesn't seem at all fair to me <laughs> at all. Uh, I think, uh, I, I, the only problem I have with that was. Who knows? Like I said, it's one week against Atlanta with Minnesota, and and then and we never really got to see what Kirk can do uh, with throwing the ball or anything like that, and we so we really didn't get to see him at all because they ran the ball so much. And that's obviously the plan, but I'll be, I will be interested to see with Minnesota if the if the run's not working, how things are going to go because that's obviously a huge point. If everything looks good when they're running the ball well and blocking well, but i wanna really curious to see what happens when they have to go to Plan B or Plan C and and then start throwing the ball. Obviously, they got weapons, but those, the offensive line I think is the most curious point. I'm going to be looking at and hopefully they can be able to hold up from a Minnesota fan's perspective. But yeah, to me here, I think, uh, uh the three points of Minnesota, I think is a bargain and I, I think I'd even like them at, uh, you know, two and a half probably still worth a, a small bet, uh, but it's hard to take that when you lose a little bit of value off the three. But, uh, like I said, I was, I was looking to play this, uh, Minnesota plus three probably released as a play, but now that it's moved, uh, before I get to it, uh, looks like you might have done that there. That's a good, good move on your part, but yeah I think that that's definitely the way you gotta look here at minnesota uh the, going on the road to Green Bay,
0: yeah that's i I took the three right away and just it's hard to figure out which way the line's gonna move when you got Green Bay who's a super public team and and Minnesota is a little bit but not nearly as much as green Bay um but I just figure I'll lock in the three and and if it goes higher, I'll just bet it again. <laughs> it was kind of my thought process, but um yeah, I don't know I just I think the only really reason you'd really talk yourself into Green Bay is you just look at it as simple as Rodgers versus Cousins. And obviously Rodgers is the, the guy you'd rather have there, um, all things being equal. But the problem is all things aren't equal. And, yeah, Green Bay had a pretty impressive win against Chicago, and I think it was a good effort by their defense. But it is kind of hard to figure out in a you know, sloppy Thursday night opener uh, against Trubisky, who neither of us are high on and who just had a bizarre game plan in general um how much do you contribute to the defense of green bay and how much do you contribute to just all those factors that i mentioned uh i don't know i think the defense definitely looks improved for green bay but i i i've i just rogers and the offense just hasn't looked all that great here for a while now and i know for a couple of years ago it was because of his injury but you can't really use that as an excuse last year or, or uh Thursday so or last Thursday in the, in the opener so um, I think Rodgers like I've been a big fan of his for a while like you know like most people it's not like I'm a genius by any means but I was saying he's far and away the best quarterback in the league for a lot of years So it's not like I'm just a, a Rodgers hater but he really hasn't uh, personally performed up to his uh, you know his level of uh, of ability that we've seen for a long long time from him so I don't know maybe he'll get right that was just kind of an off night, and you give them a pass to start. But to me, it almost seems like with the new coach in there, everybody was just kind of assuming, including myself, that McCarthy was the issue because I'm not a big McCarthy fan, like most people aren't. But it really uh, it uh didn't click in game one, so maybe it's going to take a while for them to get going. But I don't see why, against a pretty good Vikings defense here, why they're going to have a whole lot more success. And then conversely, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Cousins against a decent defense on the road by any means, but. If the line holds up for the Vikings, I just think they have so many weapons and uh that they'll be able to score at least somewhat on the Packers defense and and if the Vikes defense can play anywhere near what it did last week against Atlanta, I just think taking the field goal in this game is the, the right way to look, so um uh definitely definitely looking forward forward to uh the game in general and uh looking towards the Vikings side here. Alright, on to the three late games. First one, I got Kansas City heading to Oakland. Uh, looks like Kansas City's a seven-point favorite on the road with a total of
1: 53.5. Yeah, my power in here, Kansas City uh laying seven with the hook, seven and a half. Westgate, look-ahead line, Kansas City minus seven. Westgate open, Kansas City minus eight and a half, and the total here open, 53.5. This one, pretty simple for me. I don't have a whole lot of interest betting either side here. Like I said, Kansas City's defense is one of the worst in the league, or you know, bottom quartile for sure. Uh, Oakland, I don't know, who knows what you're going to get with them. I think they looked decent last week. I mean, Harvard, I think, looked pretty impressive. I think that's, if anything, looks like the most, you know, shining spot or the best, you know, the best part of the team. I think if he's, I think he can kind of hold them together, even though I don't like the coach. I don't like a lot of what they're doing or obviously the whole deal with AB, that was obviously a huge thing that it's probably, it's probably a good thing in all honesty for them to get, get him out of the locker room and that type of team uh Less distractions and everything, and stay focused. But I, to me, I think this is a lot revolves around Carr. I think Carr looked, looked pretty bad last season. But uh, if he can play, you know, decent ball, which I think he had played in the past few years before that, so I think it'll be interesting to see how he he plays. And he maybe could be an undervalued commodity in this Oakland team if he can keep him in games, and especially if he can maybe get some totals going over. But to me, it seems uh, I just don't really want really trust this Oakland team right now. And I think this might be a little bit of regression here going to the second week, but especially against a really uh, highly caliber team like Kansas City. But like I said, I think with the bad defense of Kansas City, I don't really like Oakland's defense either. So I think, uh, yeah, high total 53 now, 53. But the only way I could look here would be betting the game over, uh, and passing the side.
0: Yeah, I would, I would want to bet Oakland, but I just don't think I can talk myself into it. Cause I, I do, even though they looked fairly impressive last week, I think it was a lot of just Denver looking just beyond inept and just, just awful. So how much do you attribute that to Oakland? I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh, I do agree with your take on Carr. I think they they could be a team that could present some opportunity to back them, especially if the public sentiment is so negative towards them uh, the rest of the year. But against a Kansas City team who didn't have any problem last week going on the road and shredding the Jags defense, I'll be curious to see how they perform this week. And usually in these uh, inter-division games, you like catching the dog because the teams know each other pretty well. And you know, it seems like they play closer games in general, but I just... And then another factor, too, is that that late Monday night game. It seems like almost every year, I remember when the Vikes went out to San Francisco a couple of years ago and just got the doors blown off, and that late start, and it just seems like weird things happen. and that wasn't representative of either of those teams going forward, and I kind of remember, I don't remember who it was last year, but it seems like year after year, you kind of want to take that late Monday night game on the opening weekend with a big grain of salt, because it's just a lot of... Weird stuff happens for whatever reason. I don't know if it's a late start or what. Uh, yeah, so, last
1: week was, or last year wasn't that the Tampa Bay against New Orleans or something or no, it's a different year.
0: Nah, that, I'm pretty sure it was a Sunday game. I don't remember who it was last year, but it was some West Coast team and I remember it was, uh, another just weird game. So I, I, as much as you'd want to get excited about Oakland and take the, what I think is perceived value here with, and know earlier in the week when it's over a touchdown, I just don't think I quite want to do that yet um you know maybe be more inclined to take 10 or 11 or whatever it's going to be with Oakland at Kansas City later in the year when they play if it shows that Carr is playing better and and Oakland is a somewhat capable frisky team instead of a total bottom feeder like a lot of people were thinking coming into the year uh the next afternoon game probably the best game uh of the 3 uh New Orleans the rematch heading back to the Rams in LA it uh, looks like the same, Rams are
1: same referee squad do you think or same crew <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're bringing them back. We'll see. I'll have to wait and see, um, hopefully for the way I'm leaning in this game. Uh, it looks like the Rams are down to a two-point home favor with a total of 52.
1: Yeah, um, let's see. This game here, my power rating, Rams minus three. Look at line, Rams three. Westgate open, Rams three. Total here open, 53.5. So, got some money coming in on New Orleans and money coming in on the under. Uh, not going to lie, I uh, I disagree with both those with the way market's moving. So, I already got money in my I already got the, the over in my pocket uh fifty two, fifty two and a half, something like that. And uh side so look look over. Don't love it, but I feel like this is uh it seems like the who's gonna not score here. I think this is just gonna be a pretty high scoring affair, so I think that'd be a long way to look for the total perspective. But uh on the other side I think I feel like this should be a three point game. I don't I don't really see why not. Uh it doesn't seem like it's warranted to come off that three. And I'm not too high on New Orleans. I don't think I'm too high on the Rams this year. I think both the performances I wasn't uh wasn't too impressive. I wasn't too impressed with either these two teams last week. I think the Rams didn't look all that impressive last week at all. Um, I think they kind of snuck out of there with the win. Again, it was on the road first game, so you can't take a whole lot on it, but I don't think they were overwhelming by any, by any stretch. And I'm kind of worried about that them all season here because I'm not, I think Carolina too is a team I've kind of been higher on in the past, but I think they're kind of just not, uh, something that, uh, I, I just can't buy as much. So I think that the fact that uh, they snuck away, they, you know, we've already talked about the push and everything with the point spread. So. We'll see, but I think uh, if anything here, the, these are two high-caliber teams, but they're kind of two teams I want to bet against for the most part, especially Brees getting older. I'm not, uh, I don't think quarterback ability. It doesn't throw a lot of deep passes downfield for the most part. More dink and dunk. If anything, as he's getting older, we'll see if he uh, if they throw in any you know, the, the other quarterback at all to try to mix up the, the looks at all. But yeah, to me, I think uh, you got to look at the Rams here coming home. If anything, especially now that's coming down under. Th- think that'd be the way to look. I don't, I don't think I will get to the window probably, but, uh, again, I think that'd be the way you gotta look as the Rams are past.
0: Yeah, I, I like the Rams quite a bit here. I, I don't understand at all how this is below three. I know a lot of people are playing up the revenge angle. And it's like, well, sweet, you know, it, obviously they want to win, but the, the refs were the ones that quote unquote screwed them more than the Rams did. So, are they really gonna be that much more motivated than they would be normally to go win this game when it's against another NFC contender? And I think in the, on the contrary, I, if you're the team that supposedly got the big break, I think you'd almost want to more go back and prove that you are better and you deserve to win the game. And you know, I just don't like that's that big of a factor in general, but I know people are quoting that like crazy this year, talking about how that's such a huge deal. Um, I, just, I, I agree that the Rams didn't look overly impressive at Carolina, but at least it's a, a road game. It's it's the first week but an early start on the East Coast for a West Coast team on out on grass, outside. Um it just in, in golf well I'm not even a huge fan of as quarterback, but I think that's just a fairly impressive win against what some people were projecting to be a fairly top tier team, not top top, but you know, above average team in the N F C and maybe they aren't based on how they're playing against the Bucks tonight here, but um I just think that's a somewhat impressive win. that definitely wouldn't downgrade the Rams much. And I think with cutback that definitely helps their offense move quite a bit. And I think at home it'll be even a better offense. Um and then you know Gurley with his question mark it's a little bit worrisome. But I think I just both think both of us were proponents of running backs so it don't matter that much in general. And it seems like they have a couple capable guys to at least carry the load a little bit. And then on the flip side, the, the New Orleans was pretty lucky to sneak away from that win at home against Houston on Monday night and to, to have the high of winning that game and now to travel to, to the, you know, next week to go on the road, go outside where, yeah, with Breeze getting older, like you said, um, outside of the dome where they haven't, he hasn't fared well historically, even when he was in his prime to now ask him to go out and somehow they're, Rated better than the Rams, and you're not even getting the full field goal with New Orleans. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, I like the Rams quite a bit. I don't know if it'll quite make my pick of the week or not, but that's uh, it's definitely one of the contenders for me. So, uh, but I agree with what you said though. I'm not really high on either of these teams as far as being the dominant NFC force that some people uh, say they are. Or, you know, have them ranked necessarily as the top two tier teams in, in the uh, in NFC. I'm kinda of looking to bet against them, but I just think this number right here is silly myself. Uh, and then the last afternoon game, we got Chicago at Denver. Looks like Chicago's a two and a half point favorite here on the road with a total of 40, 40 and a half.
1: Yeah, my pot right in here, Chicago two and a half. The Westgate look ahead was a pick The opener at the Westgate was a pick 'em. Total here 41 and a half. Uh, this is a little bit of a tougher game for me. I feel like, uh, I'm not too high in Chicago, but I feel like this is a it seems like this is a game they should come in and, 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 win. But at the same time, I think just from a line value perspective and, and just, you know, Denver going to, at home, I, I, I'm not, I don't know, it's just another tough bet. I think you group these, I think this is very similar to the Buffalo Giants game and, uh, the, the Chargers Detroit game. And to me, it's almost like identical. It's similar to things. And to me, if you bet the underdogs in all these games at home, Basically getting less than a field goal at home uh, as a dog, uh, I feel like you're going to be able to make money long-term betting all those blindly. Pretty much, um, like I said, they're pretty much all in the same situations. Uh, Chicago didn't win the game, I guess so they're not one to zero. They're on one, which would be the one thing that I have a little bit of pause on. They're going to be hungry, obviously. They're going to be on extra rest, so I think this would be the worst out of the three for me. Um, but uh, to me, this seems like it's got to get. I would want to be surprised at all. If this gets to three uh, across the board. I see some threes kind of popping up here in Vegas already uh, a little bit of juice but it uh it seems to me like this will probably get to three before kickoff and at that point it's probably worth a denver bet i think just out of value uh the other thing too i think that's really crucial to note here in this game and kind of would definitely take uh take me off chicago if i was ever thinking about it other than three probably would be the the whole altitude angle of being high uh, with denver having that advantage early in the season i I don't know if you heard the, I heard it somewhere else, but about how dominant the Denver has been in the first couple of weeks. I think it's, uh, I don't know, I know what the stat Bill is. I
0: Bill talks about that a lot.
1: Oh, okay. I don't know what the stat, I don't know what the stat is, but something ridiculous, like straight up, I think 22 and 1 or 21 and 2 or something like that in the first two weeks when they're at home, uh, straight up, not I even mean against the spread. So I think that's a pretty, uh, something that's pretty telling. Uh, we'll see what happens, but. Yeah, I'm not gonna to be too strong in this game. Uh we'll see where the market goes a little bit. But I think this is a more one of the more difficult and interesting, if anything, uh games on the card.
0: Yeah, this not surprisingly like the other games, like you said, those the I love the Chargers and Buffalo and uh I love Chicago here, so maybe this is gonna be an awful week for me if all those home ratty home dogs get there, but um it's kinda of funny because 'cause I've been betting against Chicago every chance I can get the last year just all last year when they were winning with a lot of smoke and mirrors and Trubisky who I'm not a fan of and I just thought they were overvalued and people love to bet the Bears for whatever reason. So I've been looking to bet against them constantly but this open pick and I I hit it fairly hard before it started moving upwards and I just thought that was just laughable because I stayed up and watched, uh, watched that Denver-Oakland game and like I said, you know, take it with a grain of salt because it's a late Monday night game but Flacco just didn't move at all and was just a sitting duck and Oakland was getting a decent amount of pressure on him I can't imagine what this Bears defense is going to do to him if he's not moving at all and he's his his arm talents definitely decreased I think a little bit as he's gotten older and he was never really that great to begin with in a lot of ways Uh, I just don't see how they really score that much unless it's just a weird game and a lot of fluky things happen and then conversely I don't really like Trubisky much at all and I'm not saying they either going to put up 30 or 40 by any means, but uh, the way how good Carr looked against the Denver defense, it gives me a little bit of hope that Trubisky can at least put up some points. And I, I don't think you're going to have to put up a whole lot to, to score enough to win this game. I, just, I, I Fangio just looked out like he just didn't look like he knew what he was doing. His time management was awful. His decision-making was awful. Um He he punted on fourth and short from the plus side of the field when they were down. He kicked a field goal, uh, late when they were, when they needed a touchdown. He called, they called a timeout coming out of half when they were down and were likely going to need their timeouts late in the game. There's just, it was honestly like a, uh, you know, like a coaching seminar of all the things you shouldn't do as a head coach. I was actually pretty high on the Bears coming, I mean, uh, the Broncos coming into the year because I liked Fangio a lot as a defensive coordinator for the Bears last year. So the, the revenge angle is kind of interesting with him trying to beat his former team. And I was actually circled this game because I thought I was going to like Denver a decent amount. But, uh, the way that I thought Chicago was going to be coming off a big win against the Packers and Denver was going to be, uh, you know, coming off a, whatever, a game against Oakland and coming back home. And I thought this would be a pretty good spot where everybody loved the Bears. And you'd be getting four or five points at home with Denver, but uh, that's not not totally the case here. And the fact that it's below three, I just think uh, I just think Chicago's definitely a decently better team than Denver is, even though I'm not that I'll high on them. them. So I agree with you, especially when it gets to three. I think it's kind of a no bet, but I pick them. I I loved uh, I love Chicago, and even at two and a half here, I think that's the way it'll lean. But I'm definitely a little bit tempered on them compared to uh that opening number, so uh but it'll be interesting, yeah. Um we should make a little uh, fun bet on I'll take the Chargers, Buffalo and Chicago and take those short road favorites and you can have the, the short home dogs and, and see who does better. Absolutely. Um alright, then the Sunday night game here we got Philly heading to Atlanta. Looks like Philly's a uh one and a half, two point road favorite with a total of fifty two and a
1: half. Uh yeah my power in here pick 'em Westgate look ahead line was a pick Westgate open here, Philly minus one and the total here open 51. Um, this is a similar kind of points for range like those games we just mentioned. But to me, this one, uh, the other ones, I don't know if I will actually get to the window. I think that's kind of the way you look, but this one, I'm, I'm definitely going to get to the window of one of my bigger plays of the week for sure. Uh definitely like Atlanta here as a home dog. Uh I don't know. It's, uh, I, I just, I don't know how big of a play it'll be, but it'll definitely be a pretty big play, especially, I think it has a pretty good chance of getting a three, and a three, I'll, I'll, I'll like it a lot, I mean, even more. I just feel like Atlanta's a decent team, I think they ran to a, a really good team, and really good defense in Minnesota, uh, on the road first week, it's just a tough situation in a, in a, above, uh, way above average, uh, home field in Minnesota, having to go to that environment, uh, everything like that, I think Atlanta coming home, they'll be pretty comfortable, and, uh, Philadelphia, kinda having to, play catch up there late in the game. And like you said, they didn't play their starters and stuff as much. Went to get much, much time or any time at all in the the preseason. So they're kind of playing catch up. But I think that, uh, it's not a good spot here for Philly at all on the road. I think going to Atlanta when they're kind of hungry and one and kind of have decently high expectations. So getting, getting points here at home in this situation, I'll give me Atlanta all day, uh, as well as I I got money on the over as well. So, uh, like the over, like uh, like Atlanta. We'll just see uh, if I come out with the play and then how big it is. But yeah, yeah, give me the, give me the Falcons. Yeah, I
0: totally agree on this one. This is the one short road favorite that I'm not interested in. Uh, I think Atlanta's in a pretty great spot here. It, I think they're a team that we'll find out a lot about them this week. If they roll over and get drilled by Philly like they did Minnesota last week, then then you might have to kind of pull back and and really reevaluate before you put much more money on them going forward. But this should definitely be kind of a gut-check game after looking so bad last week, coming home, prime time, pretty good home field in their own right. And uh Philly, uh, coming off that win where if they were down so much and they stormed back, I think they'll uh, maybe be breathing a little bit easier. And you got the 0-1 team versus the 1-0 team. And I think coming into the season, I think a lot of people who, could make a case that either one of these teams is kind of a coin flip between which team was better. I don't think one of them was significantly better. So the fact that Philly squeaked by a pretty mediocre to bad Washington team and Atlanta had one bad performance that in a lot of ways is somewhat excusable, and now all of a sudden you might be able to potentially catch three at home with Atlanta in prime time, I just think seems like a pretty ridiculous move. So uh, I like the Atlanta side as well, and uh, hopefully it plays out that way for us.
1: Yeah, like I Finally. said too, I and you look at uh, you know, Coast, they're one of the more public books in Vegas. They're already at Philly two and a half, lay one fifteen. So I mean I see this game's probably the public, I wouldn't imagine can imagine that they're not gonna keep keep coming out of Philly, especially if you add their money up and all that stuff, uh going into the Sunday night game. So to me this is a wait around game and uh hopefully you can get a three uh flat here at whatever shop you're shopping at. I think uh, it would definitely be uh wait wait worth waiting here.
0: Yep, absolutely. And finally the Monday night game, which is way more interesting before the uh Darnold news. We got Cleveland, six and a half point road favorites heading to the Chets. total of forty four, forty four and a half.
1: Yeah, I actually I not have power rating here with the update with uh with Simeon in. <laughs> so uh but yeah, look headline here. Cleveland two and a half, Westgate open, Cleveland two and a half, obviously uh pretty big adjustment there of Simeon and I don't know, to to me we we talked about Simeon uh and and. and short detail here over the past several years of the podcast but if anybody listens to us at all they know we're not pretty, not too high on him and I'm not I'm not high on this Jets at all as team at all either myself and not that I'm not high in Cleveland but to me it's uh it's getting kind of out of whack but I mean if, if I'm gonna bet this game I'm probably not gonna do it but I mean I, I I bet Cleveland laying the points on the road I think I just feel like this is a this has a blowout written all over it and, and again it's uh not the That's for value-wise. You talk about an overreaction from an injury. This is probably the case. Uh, so that's probably why I won't, the reason why I won't get to the window. But if you force me to take this, bet this game, I probably would take Cleveland. But, uh, yeah, all in all, I'm not really too excited for this game. Uh, not too excited to watch Simeon out there again for the Jets. But, uh, yeah, to to me, this seems like a Cleveland blowout type of, uh, type of game.
0: Yeah, I think before the, the Darnold news, I think I probably would have, especially would have got to three. I probably would have liked the Jets taking three at home. But I was just, I would to have loved it no matter what, cause I, it's hard to really tell. The Jets weren't all that impressive last week. Like I said, they got worked pretty good by the Bills, uh, even though the scoreboard didn't really show that. And Cleveland, obviously, the scoreboard did show them getting worked by the Titans, and it was pretty bad, but they just have so much more talent, I think, than the Jets, that, uh, I could definitely see what you're saying, where it could be a Cleveland blowout, but I'm definitely not gonna lay six and a half on the road to, to f- figure that out, so. To me, this is a pretty easy stay away and was way less interesting of a game than it would have been, uh, before the injury. So, see if, it'll be interesting to see, I guess, if Cleveland can bounce back and look more like the team that a lot of people thought they were coming into the year. But, uh, if they do, I hope they do look really good and blow them out so people jump back on board so they can bet against Cleveland here going forward. So that'll do it. That's, uh, every game on the board there for week two. So now, let's wrap up the pod and do our uh picks of the week the a s pick of the week all right, Rob. Well, you want to uh leave us off this year and uh take the tea box and go with your pick of the week?
1: yeah, I think we'll uh, probably have to do with justice, and what did we do uh what did we do last year? I' trying to look it up here. I don't know where we were at um the pick of the week, but anyway um I don't know. we don't have those for you, but yeah, we'll start here fresh uh this year uh, from the season I know. I think the last few years I've started off super rough. So I don't know if you, uh, if you believe in trends, you might have to wait and once I'm, uh, trying to dig myself out of the hole from a one in eight start or one in six start, something like that, then maybe you could try to back, jump back on me when I'm trying to, like I said, get myself out of that hole. But yeah, if you want to let me start, uh, I think we're going to do here, we're going to start, uh, start the season off right for the ass pod and, uh, and do a little, our own sports teaser. I already mentioned in the podcast, I think we'll take a uh, little six point teaser. I think we'll start off with that Houston, like I talked about. I think that's, uh, just a prime key- teaser candidate. I already mentioned it during the pod that I think that's, uh, just a game I don't want to bet, but I really like it for the teaser. So I think we can tease them down to, what are they, across the board there? What are you seeing? Probably, uh, what, eight, eight and a half?
0: Yeah, I think probably across
1: the board. So yeah, tease that down to two and a half, uh, Jacksonville minus two and a half, or sorry, sorry, I keep saying Jacksonville <laughs> instead of Houston. Houston minus two and a half, and, uh, i will be the first leg, the second leg of my teaser. I already mentioned I like this play a lot, and I think it's in the right point spread range. We're going to take Atlanta, tease them up through uh, the key numbers of 3 and 7, and uh tease them up to, uh, looks like, probably tease them up to 8, I would say, or maybe,
0: yeah, what do you think,
1: maybe. 8. All right, so yeah, I'll tease up Atlanta to 8, uh, getting 8 points at home, and then we'll tease Houston down to 2.5 at home uh, against the uh, Jacksonville there for my uh, pick of the week.
0: Yeah, I love that. i don't see how that loses, to be honest.
1: <laughs> oh God! All right, I'll just truck mine up with the no one
0: one already for the put the week. PD the PDJ jinx on it. Oh boy. Um. Yeah. I don't. I like a lot of. Uh. I actually like a lot this this week. because usually I'm. kind of struggling. Yeah, I'm usually trying to struggle to get one, but um, I would probably do the Vikings if it was still a flat three, but I don't think I can do that in good conscience anymore. Um. Yeah, I like a lot of those short. Short road favorites, um, but I think I'm actually going to go with the short home dog, and I kind of mentioned, I mean the short home favorite, I mentioned it earlier, but I think I'm going to go with the Rams, I just don't see why that's two, and I think they have a pretty good chance to to cover that that two number, so I will go with the Rams laying two at home, and you have that uh Atlanta-Houston teaser, so that'll do it, hopefully you can start off the year strong with the go 2-0 here on our picks of the week, and then you can check the, uh, the website for any release plays. I know I got a couple up already. You got any going yet, Rob, No,
1: not yet. Like I said, I got some, I had a few there, uh, in, in the works, but yeah, I haven't got anything out there yet, but I'm sure we'll have something here, uh, before the end of the weekend and, uh, the games kick off.
0: Alright, that sounds good. And you'll be, you'll be coming, you'll be back from Vegas for the, the weekend to watch the games back in Minnesota, right?
1: Yep, absolutely. I don't have, uh, moved out of my house here, so I have to take down my office and take down my TV setup, so. Kind of barren here, and gonna be really bare bones tomorrow by the time I'm fully moved out, and then uh, have to come back to the room uh, built at home there with the eight TVs. So yeah, it'll be definitely gotta get back there to watch the, the full set of games on Sunday. Yeah, we'll have to figure out
0: which eight of the or which uh, eight of the ten games we want to put up here on the early slate. Figure out which two we want to throw away, 'cause it's uh, you hate to throw any of them away, but yeah, I guess we'll have to make some cuts.
1: Yeah, I guess so. We'll get some more TVs.
0: <laughs> there you go. All right, well, safe travels back. We'll uh, see you in a couple days here, and best of luck to everybody on any bets they put in for week two. And we'll be back, uh nor- normal Wednesday show next week to uh, recap week two and look ahead to week three. So everybody have a good week, and we'll see you next week.
1: Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.